antidote to shame is to turn to God. It's to go to the very source of the one you're not going to. And um, and we know that Christ bore our shame. As he said. Mm-hmm. On the cross. And, I mean, that's so significant to, to finding that freedom. But Yes. And also that it's the gospel. It's what Jesus did for us that has power in it to deal with our shame. But isn't it ironic how how much of the time we're ashamed of Jesus, we're ashamed of this gospel. Hello, this is Michael, the producer of the Redeemed Hearts podcast, where we encourage you to allow God to transform you mentally, emotionally, and relationally by living from your redeemed heart. Your hosts, Worley and Danina Kennedy, are licensed professional counselors and are the founders of Redeemed Hearts Ministries. Welcome to episode 11, part two of a four-part series entitled Things That Shut a Heart Down in Relationships. This series will carry us through August 2020, so be sure to be on the lookout for future episodes. Here's Worley and Danina. So welcome back. We're uh, meeting again to discuss things that shut down a heart in relationship. We started this last time, so this is our second Mm-hmm. One to continue to talk about things in us that shut down our hearts. And we were talking about the COVID-19 and its impact on us. And we're when we're recording this, we've we've come out of it. Things are opening back up, but there's lots of areas of the country where that it's real shaky. Mm-hmm. But that example of shutting down is something we want to you know, use for just a minute here and just to say that when everything began to shut down and businesses shut down and there's certain places that um, you couldn't go, uh, people stayed at home, that um, that term shut down describes what happens in our heart. Because so often we think about, well, if my heart shut down, it doesn't impact anybody else. Yeah, if I'm hurting anybody, it's just myself. Right, right. But it's in in the COVID nineteen shut down the you know that my my hairdresser had to shut down, mm-hmm, which means this hairdresser had to right, step right. So up. you started cutting my hair <laughs> and it, wearing it longer, and it's different. And I mean, but as far as mm-hmm. being able to um, go to the store and how we went to the store, that was impacted. Um, there's people churches couldn't meet mm-hmm. in the same way, so it has brought long reaching effects. And our economy basically, you know, shut down. Yes. Overall for a period of time, which is far reaching and yes. still going Jobs on and impacting, lost. you know, companies, family after family. Right. And I think that's the picture that we want you all to think about right. when we're talking about things that shut down, you know, your heart. Um, it's not just impacting you, it's impacting you know, your marriage, it's impacting your friendships, it's impacting your children, it's impacting your church, your community, your workplace. I mean, dealing with our heart is important. And we started last time talking about how out of the heart flows the wellsprings of life. Yeah, Proverbs 4.23. I mean, we must take care of our own heart um, because in doing that, you know, we're going to be taking care of other people, and, and that in was that same manner. Paul said that's the intent of his teaching. The purpose of his teaching was that we would love from a pure heart, an undivided heart. So that when when our hearts are shut down to God or to somebody else, then it is affecting our 
our ability to love. Mm-hmm. It's affecting our ability to grow and to mature. So, so we're just asking you to even be aware in your own life. Are you living shut down? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are, I mean, who are you shut down toward? Or, you know, maybe you're good in one one place or with one group of people, but you find yourself really shut down in, an, in another group. I mean, it's just having some self-awareness here of are you living with a full functioning heart or are you living you know, with a heart that is partly shut down. Or, and, you, or, or you may be in relationship with somebody, your spouse, yes. their heart's shut down and that's how they live. And so you're thinking about them or you may be thinking about, you know, your children, you're wondering, well, what's going on with them? Well, maybe they're shut down to God. Maybe there's no real life work going on inside mm-hmm. of them and internally in them. Or so. maybe you're living out of some of these things that we're talking about in these four podcasts that's shutting the heart down of the person uh, that's living shut down. And you need to take ownership of that part. Or maybe they're living shut down because of how you know they themselves are dealing with life and maybe you know not dealing with certain things in their life in a healthy way or they're in a habitual pattern of sin that shut them down. So... I mean, for today, we're going to really look at all of the emotions, um, not all of them, but several, several. We're emotions. Not, yeah, we're yeah. not covered. And how that, um, how we handle these emotions can actually shut our own heart down or other people's heart down. And we're really going to do kind of a bird's eye view of this because, I mean, we've already done a video series on our video subscription on fear and um, worry and anxiety. So that's there on our website at redeemedheartsministries.com if you want to look at that video subscription. But we're going to move into probably sometime in the fall where we're going to look more thoroughly at shame and anger and you know, some of these. So today it's kind of bird's eye view, but the first one we want to talk about that can shut people down is fear. And um, like I said, if you want more on that, there's already a video series out there on that. Yeah. And so fears, you know, when, when it's the emotion that um, causes us to run another direction or to hide, um, it's a God-given emotion. So it's used by God. There's certain things that we should be afraid of. Um, God tells us to fear him. Um, God would, we, we know we're to fear danger. Um, and, and yet as believers, we can live in such a way where it doesn't always shut us down. But I was thinking of in relationship of an example that somebody might not think of. And I just want to tell this, uh, you know, story of what happened to us, you know, some time ago that, um, it happens from time to time. And, that it was it was really motivated out of fear. But you and I needed to have a conversation about something that was going on between us, and you were too tired, and you told me that you said, I can't talk about this tonight. But because I was fearful that if we didn't keep talking, that it was just going to make things worse. And so I pushed you, kept pushing you to talk about it. Um, and in that way, being controlling, um, and, and that's almost a always a good indicator of fears when we get overly controlling about something. Mm-hmm. Instead of helping us to open up to one another, I made things worse. And pretty soon you were shut down to me and I was shut down to you. Mm-hmm. And so fear and the experience of fear in that you know, particular incident really shut us down. Um, and I 
wasn't loving you, it was clear, which would be one of the antidotes to, to, you know, to having you open up to me. And that's what I wanted. But instead, my fear pushed us in a bad place. Mm-hmm. So part of it in this is we're, we're thinking about how do your fears possibly cause you to shut down? I mean, some people, I mm-hmm. mean, you kind of have fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. And so some people, you know, kind of power up with fear. Um, some people just completely shut down with fear. And we're talking about the heart. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about a lot of the external things we're afraid of. We're Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, the heart, like fear of rejection, fear of being known, fear, you know, of, am I going to be loved? Am Mm -hmm. I going to be accepted? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, is he going to listen to me? Or, I mean, for you, your fears are, man, are we going to have to start tomorrow and, you know, be in this place where we've got something between us. I just want to get it all mm-hmm. solved tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're talking about those kind of, of fears here that are more relational fears. And uh, when we find someone who's shut down because of fear uh, in our counseling practice, oftentimes we'll have somebody make a list of this. Like, what what are you afraid of? Yeah, really just to separate it out. Yeah. I, I mean, because sometimes you don't know. Right. Um, really... You, you just you just feel shut down or you just feel depressed or you just feel anxious all the time. But once you start naming those things, like what are you afraid of? Or sometimes I'll say, what are you afraid you you might lose? Sometimes it's not even something here. It's something in the future that I'm afraid, well, this might happen or I might lose this or I might lose that. And so I just get paralyzed here and I don't make decisions or I don't step into life. I don't step into conversations. So uh, I mean, when we think about that, we want to we want to help you identify. I mean, what those fears are, and then, as you said, separate that out and begin to think through. Okay, what's a valid fear, you know, or a healthy fear? In our video series, we talk about healthy fear and unhealthy fear, and you know, what's healthy here, what's unhealthy, and how do we move forward there? So. Um, the other thing, I think sometimes if you're in a relationship with somebody who has a lot of fear, just being present with mm-hmm. them can give them courage mm-hmm. to step into things or how you handle them is really important. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will be anxious to come to you and talk about mm-hmm. something because in the past, I mean, you've um, maybe, you know, to talk about well. what we talked about in the last podcast, you were you were really impatient with me mm-hmm. about it before. So I have a lot of anxiety coming and bringing that issue up again. Um, Maybe you didn't really listen. You just quickly said, no, you know, we're not doing that to the kids. And so they don't even want to talk to you about that, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. So 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 how do you handle? You you could come to me or not come to me because you're shut down because of your fear of how I'm going to handle it. Right. So it's easy to just live shut down and not even have that conversation and realize without realizing it, that that's still between us. Right. And it's been there between us. Right. But I'm living shut down because I don't want. And one of the things that's helpful to me when that's happened is for you to say just from the beginning, you know, last time I talked to you about this, this is how you were. And I'm coming to you a little bit anxious, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a humbling thing to hear when you've been married 30 years. And, you know, that's been, 
that that is the true reality of your experience. Mm -hmm. But you come to me and then you, you know, you step into and you begin to open up and prayerfully and dependently I handle things better the next time. Mm-hmm. So fear, you know, that that's what we're talking about. It can really, you know, shut a person down. I think what Jesus says about the, the Lord um, in First in John 4 is he says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear. So God gives, has given us his perfect love um, through the sacrifice of Jesus and through just his character. But I never do that perfectly. But with God's help, um, can uh, bring about the you know the the lessening of you know fear that might have occurred that that I might have caused. Mm-hmm. And, and you're not afraid of me. No, no. I mean, it's not characterized by that. But you give a real example of how, how that can happen. Yeah, I mean, it it, it happened. This is just what I'm saying. It can happen over time, and we don't even realize. Like, man. I, I probably need to have this conversation. And I think it becomes very spiritual at this point in having the courage sometimes to step into those things is, you know, maybe claiming Isaiah 41, 9 and 10, you know, where God says, fear not for I'm with you. Don't be dismayed for I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I will help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. If I believe that, mm-hmm. you know, it about helps. God, then, you know, I'm I'm going to be able to step into maybe some of those things where um, I might not, you know, I might not want to. So the first thing that can really shut us down is fear. And um, there's a lot to this emotion, but it's very significant. The second thing we want to talk about is shame. Yeah, and this one one is um, one that is, uh, again, God-given. And when a person feels shame, the experience of it is very strong. It causes, it's not quite the same as guilt. Um, but when but when I do something that I shouldn't do, I'm, I'm going to, I should, with the conscience, feel some shame about it. I, I should feel. We should feel guilty. But, yeah. But the shame part is the inability to look at somebody. It's the, it's the overwhelming feeling of, hey, I've done something wrong here. Or, um, and so it's and it's the difference. I think it's important. Worley. Sometimes people don't understand the difference between guilt and shame. And shame is so much. It's deeper because I, I mean, if I feel guilty about something, I may say, um, I you know, I failed to. Um, handle this conversation correctly with this person or, you know, I failed to, um, you know, do something in my job to the best of my ability because I was so, you know, tired today. So it's one thing to say, maybe I failed at that. Shame takes that, you know, that next deeper level where it says I am a failure. It, It personalizes that versus it being something that we've you know, failed at or sinned against. And I think that's important because that's what shuts the heart down. And it keeps relationships paralyzed or in, you know, just constant conflict. Um, shame also is an important emotion with addiction. It it feeds addictions. It, um, 
you know, feed self-destructive behavior. And shame always will keep the heart from being free to give love and receive love. You know, either because I don't feel worthy enough because I'm a loser, I'm a failure. Why would you even want to be in a relationship with me? Which would be the mindset of somebody who's living with a lot of shame. Right. Um, So I think... uh, I mean, part of the reason we're going to in the fall do a video on this is because shame's pretty complicated emotion because we, you have the side of it where it is tied to your own sin, or, um, and you know maybe your own sin and your guilt and maybe shame, um, but then sometimes it's tied to the trauma because of somebody else's sin mm-hmm. and their abusive behavior, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean that that's very complex mm-hmm. in what that shame looks like, and we'll try and cover that somewhat when we do a video on that. Um, and then there are some personalities that just, they're just wired this way. Mm-hmm. They're just much more shame driven. And I know we've talked about the Enneagram before, but I mean, the personalities two, three, and four, they fall into that category. That's just more shame um, based or shame driven. So, so, and I'm glad, you know, that we would say it can be complicated. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're not going to just spend much more time here. But I think just for today, the bottom line with shame is it can keep a person from moving toward God. Um, for example, you know, somebody who's into pornography and is and has a conscience as a believer is going to feel shame. They should feel shame. Mm-hmm. And so that's the exact emotion that, you know, some that, that comes over a person, especially if you know, if, if they're continuing in it, if it just happens one time, you feel guilty, you confess it, you go on. But is it, if it's a pattern, like you mentioned, addictive behaviors, you should feel shame. There's certain things in our life that we turn to instead of God. And God says to us very clearly, those who trust in idols, those who trust in anything other than me will be put to shame because they say to the idols, you are our God, Isaiah 42, 17. So, the antidote to shame is to turn to God. It's to go to the very source of the one you're not going to. And um, and we know that Christ bore our shame. As he said. Mm-hmm, on the cross. And I mean, that's so significant to, to finding that freedom. But Yes. And yeah. also that it's the gospel. It's what Jesus did for us that has power in it to deal with our shame. But isn't it ironic how how much of the time we're ashamed of Jesus or ashamed of this gospel? That's why Paul would say, hey, you don't understand the gospel. And he writes a whole letter of Romans to explain, it's not my work that saved me. It's not because I was able to conquer this sin or this problem or this issue. It's what Jesus has done for me, God's initiation towards me. So Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. It's it's the being declared not guilty that somebody who would struggle with shame finds hope in. And so instead of feeding the shame by turning to the idols, the addictions, you know, if, if I go... This person goes out and shops a lot and they're just spending all kinds of money and they feel ashamed of it. Well, you probably should. Are you going to turn to God instead of those things? 
one thing you said a minute ago, Worley, about, I mean, that we're ashamed of Jesus or we're ashamed of the gospel. I mean, that that's a really good point because many times people who really struggle with shame, they're ashamed of good things. Yes. They're ashamed of, and especially this is where we'll talk more. You're getting into the complicated stuff. But, uh, you know, they're they're ashamed of, um, you know, good emotions and they're ashamed of good experiences and good things. And I I just think many people don't realize that their anxiety or their depression or their addiction or, you know, sometimes just their failure to be able to be have their heart be fully open to give and receive love is tied to this one emotion, yes. shame. And we do a lot of work here um, in this area. And I mean, Christ and the gospel message is provided it, for. It is a it is a powerful gospel. Peter said it in First Peter two six um, that God said, "I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone." A, chosen and precious stone, speaking of Jesus. And he says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the one that offers the grace. He's the one that offers the forgiveness. And he's the one that offers the power to be able to um, not turn to idols, but turn to him. So shame. shame and shame keeps you stuck. Yes. I mean, not it doesn't and, just close your heart shut down, down. But the choices you end up making out of shame usually shut the heart down of those that you're in relationship with as well. So that's shame. A little bit of teaser on what we'll do at another time. Um, But the next emotion we want to talk about is anger. Um, And not all anger is sin, as the scriptures clearly say in Ephesians 4, be angry but do not sin. But anger can become sin. And sometimes I think anger is sin. It's just outright coming out because I'm sinning against somebody else. Mm -hmm. But it needs to be dealt with because that emotion, such a powerful emotion, such a force that, you know, comes out of us can do a lot of harm. And that passage in Ephesians where it says, be angry, but do not sin in your anger. That's part of what it's saying. It says, deal with your anger quickly, you know, lest you give Satan a foothold, right. a foothold in your own heart, right. your own mind in in the, you know, heart of other people. So, Anger that becomes sin is really when we're not dealing with it, and um, it's getting in the way of our ability to, you know, love other people, to communicate with other people. And you know, we're living in a culture where it seems like there's a lot of anger, a lot of anger that's public. There's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of assertion of, you know, rights over things, and um, the. The, the thing I would caution all of us on is that if, if anger is what's coming from within us and is what characterizes us, you know, Jesus equated that in Matthew 5 to, to murder. It has such an effect on somebody else's soul. That's why a soft answer turns away wrath is the antidote to somebody who's, you know, yelling and screaming at somebody else. Um, and it's an amazing thing that can happen, but because when somebody's angry towards somebody else, it chips away at the relationship. It chips away at the trust. It, 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 it is a pain upon the soul. And it's not just on the other person. It's also, I mean, people that hold on to anger and, you know, that smoldering, you know, 
resentment or bitterness and or are constantly frustrated, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that takes a toll on them. And I mean, all sorts of studies show that that takes a toll on your health mm-hmm. and, um, you know, in, in many different areas here. And I think one thing that you had wanted to even talk about here too is just that God's characteristics, um, you know, is that his anger is, uh, over sin and injustice. So the yeah. anger really is that emotion of injustice. Something has happened here that's that's not right. And that's good anger. That's a, a righteous anger. Well, the answer is not to, to get rid of anger. That's right. impossible. Right. It's part of who we are. Right. It's an important emotion. And it and, can be an empowering emotion to actually do good sometimes in things. I mean, to deal with stuff. Yeah, it's the energy that comes from within that would cause me to um, be protective if somebody were, you know, if I thought you were being threatened, mm-hmm. I would get angry. Right. So, so it, in 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 it's the emotion we all have to learn how to live with. And I think what shuts people down is not dealing with the emotion, and. Uh, not dealing with the underlying emotions. And so we always talk with anger of looking what's underneath. Right. Um, that there's 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 hurt or fear or frustration or guilt. And instead of stopping this powerful emotion by just willing it away, we try to deal with if if there's hurt, recognizing God provides forgiveness and healing. If there's fear, then then trust is something that can be developed. If it's frustration, then it may just be waiting on the other person's long suffering, patience, patience. Mm-hmm. Or if it's uh, guilt, that that it's confession. So there's so so it's anger can be dealt with. It just must be dealt with. Otherwise, man, it'll it'll wreak havoc on our own souls and on the souls of others. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's important to know that anger looks different in different people because, I mean, some people, I mean, you can tell they're mm-hmm. angry. Right. It's all over their face. Right. I mean, it's in their impatience, right. their frustration. It leaks It's out. in their tone of voice. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're spewing it. Right. You know, others are stuffing their anger. Right. And it's internal. And one thing that we'll often say to people in counseling is that anger turned inward equals depression. Right. So sometimes in the Christian world, I think there's this um, thought that I can't be angry or I shouldn't be angry or it's always a sin to be angry. So it just gets held in here and we pretend that we're okay or we pretend, you know, that our heart is um, right with God and right with other people when all the way, all the time it's eating us alive. So the truth really does set us free here to admit that we're angry, um, to admit that I have hatred in my heart, to admit that, um, you know, I'm I'm frustrated here. And I often will tell parents who have kids, I mean, this be angry, but do not sin in your anger. It's a great place to start with your kids in, in helping them understand that it's okay for you to feel upset about that injustice that just happened, that your brother just hit you over the head or, you know, um, is constantly antagonizing you. But um, what what can we teach you about a choice to make with your anger? You know, that's not sin. Right. And, um, you know, so we can start this at at a young age with our kids. And 
I think that's, I mean, that's really important. And, 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 we'll, and learning to express it so you don't end up with that depression or despair that comes when it's constantly just being held in so you have proper behavior all the time. Right, right. That that would be not dealing with your anger right, and um, living shut down. And this is where we've talked about out of the heart. You know, I mean, what comes out of us is coming out of our heart. So we've got to deal with... Um, with our heart. So we're not trying in this discussion to, you know, cover that all the aspects of anger, but we are, we're just really saying. Bird's eye view. Yeah. It'll shut a person down. And if you live shut down and you say, well, I never get angry. Well, yeah, you know what? Everybody has anger and it's a part of what we have to learn how to deal with. So, um, we're told not to, um, to let our anger just go crazy. That's why we're told to forsake it. We're told to, in Psalm, it says, refrain from it, forsake it. Um, We're told in Ephesians to let bitterness and wrath be put away, to be kind and tenderhearted and forgiving. I mean, isn't that verse great? Because it tells us what to replace those things with. Right. I mean, replace your bitterness and your wrath and anger with what we've talked about already, kindness. I mean, tenderhearted is compassion, forgiving one another. Right. Yeah. Things that, that that we're dealing with that are going on in us to help us to deal with our anger. So yeah. anger is an important one, and it'll shut us down. How about the next one? We want to talk a little bit about um, either the wounding we, we do to others or woundedness. Mm-hmm. And so we're really going to talk about pain, which, mm-hmm. you know, this is one of the emotions that that's usually Underneath. under anger. Right. Um, wounds really can shut us down and they can always cause us to not feel loved. They can impact always how well we love because pain really causes our hearts to, you know, skip a beat or shut down. And I think it's important that we, you know, we talk often about the fact because we live in a fallen world, I mean, wounds are going to occur all the time and uh, threaten our own hearts or our relationships because, I mean, we, we're sinful people. The other people in our lives are sinful. But the real issue here is when wounds go unacknowledged, uh, unaddressed, unresolved, they will always shut a person down toward God and others. And especially if there's been chronic, you know, hurt that's um, occurred, abuse that's occurred, trauma that's occurred, and there are different levels of trauma but either way, that this kind of ongoing chronic abuse or trauma, I mean, this even affects our physical body. The, the greater the trauma, the you know, greater you'll see this. But I mean, the physical body and the mind and the heart kind of go on this high alert where all of a sudden, I mean, I'm always thinking about how do I protect me from this pain coming again? So uh, even as we talk about this, I mean, Many of these things we're going to talk about, we've been talking about, and we'll keep talking about on into August, is uh, are things that cause pain. I mean, it caused pain to my own heart. I I can cause pain in your life or other people's lives with some of these things. So, um, some of these things that cause us to shut down. Yeah, these yeah, yeah different to topics. About. Yeah, I mean, they can they can cause pain, and we know that hurting people hurt people, right? So. If we don't learn how to manage this, we will hurt other people. Yeah, and 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 I even think, you know, manage. I mean, that's that's I, I understand what you mean by that, but but it's just that we deal with the pain that comes in our life. I mean, I think people that I counsel that don't like to cry. I mean, through the years, I 
who likes to cry, really? Mm-hmm. But because with it comes vulnerability and comes weakness, but it's a manifestation of pain. And that is an important just acknowledgement. Hey, I'm in pain here. Mm-hmm. So I do want to say that we can't blame God when we shut down in this area. Um, because God is not uncaring when it comes to our wounds. The scriptures say the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saved those who crushed in spirit. We won't be able to fully live our lives well if we live focused so much on what causes our wound, but instead we allow God and other healthy healthy people to love us and to to in, in, in be able to join us in our pain. And so it's something we want to deal with this when we have pain in our life. Mm -hmm. And I want to invite you all to think with me just for a minute about the similarities in how we treat and heal a physical wound and an emotional wound. Uh, When I started thinking about this, I thought there are so much similarities to all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, There are differences, though, because a physical wound in most cases is pretty easy to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. In, unless, you know, it's an internal physical wound, but an external physical wound, if you can put that in your mind, um, you know, a big gash on your head or cut in your leg or broken bone. I mean, you um, had had your broken hand, <laughs> hand. leg. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. had a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think, <laughs> what have you broken? Anyway, um, these things definitely are easy to see where the mental, emotional, relational wounds um, are not as easy to see. And sometimes that can make them harder to heal because we we don't uh, acknowledge that they're that, even that, there. That's why crying is a part of, it's the bleeding of the heart. When oh, somebody, good one. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's the expression. It's true. It's the expression of, of, a, of a wound. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Yeah. So as, I, as we think about the similarities here, I want you to think that uh, both of these physical, emotional, relational, you know, mental wounds, they have to start the healing first by acknowledging and even recognizing they have a wound. I mean, I have a huge cut on my forehead or my heart's broken over feeling rejected. I mean, it it starts with, I'm not going to pretend it isn't there and hoping it's just going to heal on its own. Um, And and that has to occur in in both places. And then next... And and honey, it is true that, and some people say, time will heal all wounds. It is true that God in his grace can, can heal it even if nothing's done. I think about a person who's, you know, gets a cut on their arm and and then it begins to heal. But the the risk for infection, the fact that it might not heal properly can create other problems. And so you can't ignore it. You have to acknowledge it is what you're saying. Yes. Um, so we need to acknowledge and recognize the wound um, at that point. And then next, we really have to identify, do I have the capability to treat this wound myself or do I need help? I mean, there there are certain cuts I can get externally, you know, on my body and put a Band-Aid on it. Others, I'm going to probably need to go to a doctor mm-hmm. or go to a hospital and get treatment. And it's like that with our heart. If our, sometimes our heart can get so wounded or mm-hmm. as couples in marriage, you can be so wounded by each mm-hmm. other or, you know, kids can get so wounded in very, um, you know, 
unhealthy or abusive homes that we've we've got to figure mm-hmm. out a way right. that um, we can find some help. So sometimes, you know, these deep, deep wounds require others to help bring about just the right treatment and the correct treatment. And then the next step really in healing wounds is to clean the wound. And it is, it's difficult to treat a physical wound that's already infected. Um, those physical wounds often have to stay open and be treated until that infection is cleared up before they can actually, I mean, do the treatment needed and cover that wound up. And it always takes longer to heal when it gets infected. And I just think about the fact that it's the same for the wounds of the heart. Um, allowing these hurts to not go addressed only is going to make that wound grow and fester. And pretty soon that's infecting our heart and it's infecting our mind and it's infecting our relationships. So, and then, you know, after we do that, we have to think about that sometimes an open wound needs stitches or surgery. And this is a part none of us want, you know, at any level, but this, this is where the pain is. And this, this is where this requires, sometimes we have to have more pain in order to fix our pain. I mean, we have to, you know, our, our, we have to step into those painful things. We have to do surgery and we have to remove or treat what's broken and what's wounded. And then we, then we start that slow process of stitching our wound back up kind of piece by piece and, and inviting others into that, like I said earlier, to help us, you know, put those stitches in. One of the things I tell people when they first come to see me for counseling is you'll probably feel better after today's session. And then the following sessions, you might actually feel worse. (laughs) And it's because of Mm -hmm. this process, right? Mm -hmm. There's a relief in telling, but then the surgery begins. Right. And it's one of the hard things about coming to see or get asking a friend to help or opening up about something that's hard to talk about. There will be some pain that's involved in the the process. There will be some surgery that occurs. Mm -hmm. If it's been there very long or if it's very deep or if it's, you know, something that's um, significant that's happened to a person, the healing's going to hurt. Well, and sometimes in the physical body, I mean, you you can have things not heal back properly, especially if, like you said right. earlier, you don't deal with it. Right. And so then you got to go back and you got to right. have surgery and you got to re-break that bone right. and you've got to, you know, reset that bone because you didn't deal with it in the first place physically. And I mean, what I'm saying is that just happens the same way in relationships, same way, you know, with our heart. And I think the last thing when you're treating a wound is you usually cover your wound with a bandage or a cast so that you don't re-injure that wound or knock off that scab after it's already healed. And in relationships or these matters of the heart, you know, sometimes um, we're in really unhealthy relationships where we need to cover that wound up. And we might need to stay away from an unhealthy person or relationship until we're able to. Uh, find that, you know, healing for ourselves. And um, that can be hard, but sometimes that that's a way that we may have to even cover our wound. And then the last, um, you know, couple things I'd say here, sometimes our wound gets nicked and it bleeds and we have to start this healing process all over again. And, it, you know, the thing I'd say there is remember that you've learned how to do it already from the first time you've treated this wound. And, 
you know, you're going to be quicker and you're going to be wiser about how to bring about this treatment. Or maybe you're going to realize, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't go down this path again. This isn't, isn't healthy. I can't keep, you know, bleeding out here. And so I, I need to get some help, um, you know, to treat this wound even more seriously. And then last but not least, we don't want to pretend that we're not, we haven't been wounded. Um, but we also don't want to let our wound define us or our relationship. So, you know, that deep gash in the skin or on our physical body leaves a scar. And we accept that there will always be a scar from our deep wound, but it's healed and now it makes for a good war story. You know, or it, we realize we've survived it and we've grown and it's something that now we can use to encourage others with their wounds. And wounds shut us down. That's what, you know, we're saying, but God is the healer of wounds. And we, and we need to address them and deal with them. And that he is the great physician. He uses these things when he talks about himself. Mm-hmm. He provides this for our, you know, our minds, our hearts, our emotions, our soul. Um, Psalm 147.3, the Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So we want to be a people who move towards the Lord. Jesus said it this way. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest, um, uh, rest for your souls in, in Matthew 11. So, um, And the significant thing, too, is that, you know, in 2 Corinthians 1, he comforts us in our pain, in our trouble, in our wounds, so mm-hmm. we can turn around and comfort others. There's purpose in right. going through, I mean, this kind of long process I've just mentioned. Mm-hmm. There's purpose in it, and right. it's not all about me. Right. It is so that I am healed and my heart's not shut down right. toward God or others. But it's also so, you know, I can I can use my woundedness in walking with somebody else and helping them know how to treat their wounds. Wounded people, it's often said, you said it earlier, wounded people hurt others. Wounded people wound people. But I think sometimes wounded people never help other people exactly. with the same issues. And there's an opportunity always when you've been helped with that. So let's um, let's cover one more uh, emotion here um, for this one, and then we'll pick it up next time. But one other that can shut others down more than anything is this lack of empathy. Um, so the word empathy, if you've ever tried to share your pain with someone who has no empathy, you know what it is um, to experience that, that, that you don't want to be vulnerable with that person. Um, you know, give give the definition because you have a good one of empathy. So empathy is the capacity to understand or feel what another person is experiencing from within the other person's frame of reference. So basically, when you think about empathy, I mean, do you have the ability to put yourself in this other person's shoes to, you know, put um, a conversation or a circumstance into the context of their life? Um, or are you only thinking about life from, you know, your perspective and your pain and, you know, what you feel entitled to? Um, in The Secrets of a Lasting Relationship by Goulston and Goldberg, they say empathy is not just an essential ingredient for healthy and enduring relationships. It's a practical tool for achieving it. So just just saying that this is just a category. If you'll just think in this and you'll practice this, 
and it takes some practice, even if you're not wired this way, it can make a huge difference in the communication and in the relationships. And it can certainly um, open up somebody else's heart toward you uh, in, a, in a pretty quick way. And the scriptures call us to this in the body of Christ, that we're to have empathy. Um, Romans 12 says, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. That is empathy. That is joining somebody else where they're uh, hurting or what goes on. 1 Corinthians 12 says, if one member suffers, all suffer. So we're commanded in Colossians 12 um, as God's chosen one to put on compassionate hearts. That's having empathy for somebody else. And to not have it, to not live with it, will shut other people down to to us. Mm -hmm. So it has a great impact on the body, on a marriage, on the family. Yep. All right. Well, we'll pick this up next time. Thank you for joining Worley and Danina today on the Redeemed Hearts podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are looking for more content from Worley and Danina, we encourage you to visit RedeemedHeartsMinistries.com. Hey, I wanted to let you know about this month's Tools and Tips for Relationships video topics available on the website. The series is three parts with a video dedicated each to the topics of speaking, listening, and responding. There's also a short bonus video on the five levels of communication. These videos will be released every Friday throughout the month of July. So be sure to subscribe to a video membership on RedeemedHeartsMinistries.com to gain access to this valuable content. Thank you so much again for tuning in today. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and share this episode on social media. Please feel free to reach out and contact us through their website. God bless.